As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, welcome to the latest edition of The Walkout. Paul Eater Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here with you as we wrap up the first one-score victory of the Zach Taylor era, breaking the streak. The 1938 Cardinals, Chicago Cardinals, will continue to live uh, live on. No, I mean, it, uh, we, the Bengals win 33-25, to 25 and, um, you know, this kind of falls into what we define as a lot of those uh, backdoor one-score games that the Bengals were on the wrong side of over the course of the streak, and that was one where – the Bengals were the better team. They were the better team all day. They did what they wanted to offensively. Their defense made enough plays. Their special teams showed up. Randy, four for four, four for four. And let's be honest, how many people walked out of the living room or stuck their head in an oven when Randy had a 30-yarder to ice the game? It only thing that would have made it better if it was from 31. Uh, he did. He nailed it. And uh, the Bengals put away this win over the Jaguars and uh, one they desperately needed. Yeah, and we joke about the streak, but really, I mean, this was this was more than a one score win. They get credit for it because it breaks the streak. But I mean, it was one. It was like so a couple of the the one score losses they've had where they would score late to make it a one score game. I mean, Jacksonville drove down at the end of the game and got got a touchdown, and then was going to try an onside kick to or out, they got the field goal to make it a two a one score game banking on a an extra uh, onside kick and it just didn't happen the the Bengals really took control for touchdowns uh first two drives of the second half um we sat here last year talking about 42 consecutive drives in the second half without a touchdown they came out today after after another disappointing end to the first half and put it behind them and, and really took control of the game there and uh you know we we talk about streaks um it was two years ago the first Saturday in October, the last time the Bengals had an unbeaten streak. That they're 1-0-1 right now. The last time they had two games in a row where they were not beaten, they beat Atlanta in week four, and they came home and beat the Dolphins in week five, came from behind in both games. And then since then, they were 24-4 and 24 until today. Wow. Jay's got stats <laughs> right off the jump. Yeah, I mean, that's, that is a boy. Does that not feel like three lifetimes ago? I know. Uh, as we watch a game in a pandemic here today with 6,000 people, uh, 
You know, I, I got to say this. I mean, I feel like when we talk about what happened, what went wrong, what went right, perhaps over the the course of everyone wringing their hands over the right guard and the hits on Joe Burrow and every all that stuff that went wrong over the first three weeks, maybe we spent a little too much time doing that and not enough time going to a little bit of maybe the root of all evil for them. Uh, and that has been the total ineffectiveness, inefficiency and lack of explosion in the running game. Mm. And what happened on Sunday was the Bengals having the, you know, God, I hate talking about identity. We've like, that's became a thing this past week for some reason. I don't know why a lot of people were talking about what's your identity. What do you do? You know what you need to do? You need to be able to do everything. You need to have balance. You need to be able to have playmakers everywhere. And to me, uh, the identity every offense strives for is, is the balance and explosion in everything that you do. And that's what we saw today. And so much of that was Joe Mixon. Being able to make plays, the line opening up stuff for them, the receivers blocking downfield, making plays for him. And he ends up with 31 touches for 181 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, you know, that's a ridiculous day. The Bengals rack up 300 yards passing. Joe Burrow becomes the first rookie to pass for 300 yards in three consecutive games ever in NFL history. They go 205 on the ground. Jay's got stats time. That is the fourth time in Bengals history they have thrown for 300 and rushed for 200 in a game. And the first time since the Super Bowl year of 1988. That's a long time. Bengals to the Super Bowl. That's the only way we can look at that, right? I mean, you just extrapolated it. There's no <laughs> other way to look at it. The other thing about that, you, you know who the last team was to give up? 300 through the air and 200 on the ground in a non-overtime game. Who's that? The Bengals right here last year against the 49ers. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of you, – you, it took all of that offense, and the game still had its moments of being close. Yeah. The, the defense is not there yet. And, um, you know, th- this is the type of game the Jaguars have played. Their offense has been fun. James, James Robinson is fun. DJ Shark is good. LaVisca Chenault is fun. Jay Gruden is having a lot of success with doing stuff with Gardner Minshew. They can score in a hurry. Their games have all looked a little like this. But really, you know, to go back to the running game thing, uh, and before I go back into the defense, I'm not going to put as much in the defense, but this was a Jaguars defense that had not allowed more than four yards per carry to any of the first three opponents. And it, four and then 3.8 and 3.6 in their first three weeks. And the Bengals came out here and ran down their throat. To me, that could very big cat all all caps on could could really be the foundation for seeing this offense come of age because when you take burrow's pinpoint accuracy in those intermediate throws god he's deadly on those and his playmaking ability back there whether it's just spinning off a free runner to run for a first down in 11 yards or you know what we saw last week he's just he's got he's got a little bit of that magic to him and finding a way to get mixing going you can see the balance and how that all can work together and create a pretty potent attack. Right. And and they talk all the time about complementary football. And that's what we saw today because the, the Bengals started slow. They the 46 rushing yards in the first half. They, they they could have been taken out of that game plan had the defense not played. You know, yes, they gave up the field goal at the at the end of the half. 
but that the defense kind of kept them in that game while the offense was struggling in the first half. If if Jacksonville goes out and and turns a couple of those first half field goals into touchdowns and and gets a double digit lead on the Bengals, then maybe they don't have an opportunity to get Joe going in the second half. But they did, and and it was just. It was striking because we've seen – I had the stat last week where it was 10 of his – you know, other than that last play in overtime, 10 of his 17 rushes, he was dodging guys in the backfield. Complete opposite today where he's running around the end and there's nowhere anywhere near him. That first touchdown run he had, he, he almost got in untouched. I think someone got a, a shoulder-to-shoulder right at the pylon, but it was just a, a, a totally different Bengals running attack today. Let's take a quick break to hear from a sponsor. Um, a lot, so a lot of positives there, and the Bengals will go to Baltimore next week, one, two, and one, and really, you know, a CZ calf away from two, one, and one. Uh, a game they tied in Philadelphia, they had a million chances to win. I mean, the the Browns beat them, the three and one Browns um, beat them pretty handily. But outside of that, I mean, you can. You could see how they could be sitting here at three and one with just a couple of plays here and there, and that's with a rookie quarterback who had no offseason and and see, has has literally played better every week. Like by almost every metric, has played better every week and looked really good today. The the thing that is scary is they do all this today. AJ Green one reception for was it five three yards, yards three yards five targets. five targets. He looked like he was carrying a piano on his back. Yeah. He looks terrible. He looked worse somehow this week. And, I mean, there was a one play where Burrow made a, a great play flushing out and creating a scramble drill, and A.J. gets behind his – gets behind the corner. I mean, it should be easy picking. Burrow throws it up there, and, and A.J. just has no go get – no go get it. He has nothing – he has nothing in him. And they're, they tried to scheme some stuff up for him, and Zach – Taylor sort of said, hey, that we had some stuff that was meant to go to AJ and it ended up turning into big explosive plays elsewhere. Okay, fine, good. I'll buy all of that. The bottom line is the eyes tell you all you need to know about where AJ's at right now. He he doesn't have it. Um, I don't know why we think it's going to suddenly happen. I mean, we're, we're four games in now, and he's been healthy for four games. He's been out there for the vast majority of four games, and he seems to be wearing down and getting worse. I, you hate to say it. You hate to see this, but you, you know, it's what your eyes are telling you is not lying. Like it ain't happening right now for AJ Green. No. And you talk about how it looked worse today. I think that's, you know, because of COVID and we're not traveling to road games. It's different on TV. When you see it in person, it's striking. I mean, he just, if I remember right, his first catch was the very first play of the game mm-hmm. and, and they just couldn't get anything going. He couldn't get separation. Um, it, he just even when they didn't throw it to him, when you watch him running routes, he's just it just it it looks like an old man out there, and and I don't know that's not rust, and I don't know how that that comes back. Um, it, it might be we we kind of talked on the pod earlier this week about getting more out of Carlos Dunlap by using him less. They it, they may be getting to that stage with AJ Green and making him a situational guy. They've got to consider. Something, um, because I, you know, I think you can see how they would be more effective with other guys in there. I mean, this is a crazy thing, but like, imagine saying this before the season started. But I mean, I think you need to see more Mike Thomas in his place. 
Mm-hmm. You know, T. Higgins is out there playing the vast majority of the snaps. So is Tyler Boyd. I mean, those guys are really your one-two right now. And at least Thomas has explosion to stretch the field and can make some plays for you. At this point, I, I don't know that you're getting that from me. I don't know what you're really getting from A.J. Green right now. And, and you know, it's the you know, on a day where they were offensively maybe that's the most encouraging part of it is they didn't need it from him to do all that they did offensively today. Um, so they, maybe they figure out what those answers are, but that said, um, yeah, tough, tough, tough to see that, that development happening. Um, you know, defensively, they had a lot of pieces missing. I mean, they're out there, uh, Logan Wilson with the concussion out. Jordan Evans takes his place. I think his first snap of the game, he gets a pick. Mm-hmm. Um, off of a ball that Jesse Bates hits up into the air. No Geno uh, Adkins. No Mike Daniels, who's on IR now. Um, no Mackenzie. No Mackenzie Alexander. So they push Darius Phillips into the slot and LaShawn Sims out to the corner. And you didn't notice those guys getting super picked on, in my opinion. I mean, I, I don't know. With the, you go back and re- do a rewatch to really look at it closer. Um, but I did, you didn't feel like you were hearing those guys' names over and over again getting getting picked on. You know, all things considered, to be missing a ton of guys and I guess a, a pretty powerful offense, it wasn't great. Um, they got still have a lot of issues there, but it could have been worse. And they they did have that that stretch in the third quarter was so critical, where they were getting coverage sacks, and Minshew was try, looking everywhere for the ball and couldn't get rid of it, and caused a couple of three and outs. And the Bengals offense caught fire, and like that, suddenly the game was in control. Yeah, that is that is absolutely where it turned, and it was. It was. He, he, I would like to see the next gen stats. I mean, maybe six, seven seconds he had to throw on a couple of those balls and he just could not find anyone. And, and that's, you talked about the guys not getting picked on, but I, I think that is a good assessment. It wasn't like they were picking on guys one on one. A lot of what they were hitting were like either them guys sitting down in zone or them just completely losing track. Like two of their completions on that final drive of the of the first half were ridiculous. Chenault, I've never seen a guy that wide open in that situation. So, yeah, I, I think the secondary in particular gets a lot of credit. But, I mean, get Jordan Evans, not just the pick. He got a sack in this game. Akeem Davis-Gaither gets his first sack. Uh, just a lot of guys stepping up and, and not a dominating performance, but, but coming up with the plays when they had to have them and, and getting the, the, the two key three and outs at the start of the third quarter to really swing this thing around. Before we move on, let's look real quick at our sponsor. So a lot of big plays for the Bengals and uh, you know, they, they now go one, two and one to Baltimore and, and we'll have all week to get into this. You know, you get into you know, the four teams, look, the Browns may be okay. The Browns may, they win in Dallas. Um, the, the Chargers definitively were not good. The Jaguars definitively are not good. The Eagles definitively are not good. They come, you come out of this one, two and one could be better. You feel better about it getting this first win. And I think, you know, ask about that, the comparison of this win versus, you know, the first one last year and the emotions that came from that. There, Taylor sort of said, there's not the emotions. Uh, in this win, like last year, last year it was just it had built up on them so much. This year they they've just been expecting to win the whole time, so it's nice that stuff when you lose does build up and it does wear on these. We talked a lot about losing the locker room if you lose again and again, and start getting into this tough tougher stretch of the schedule having lost. This win was huge for that, without a doubt, for a lot of feel good involved in it. Um, 
But the idea of they, they just have, ex- there is an expectation that you're going to win regularly. And I think having a game like this, um, can, can only help that. But now we really learn. Now we really learn because now you got Baltimore. Now you've got Indy. I mean, you're going to have Cleveland again coming up. You, you, you've got, you, you're hitting this stretch of the schedule where yes, you've got your quarterback now has his first four under him and you feel like you're hitting, your offense is hitting a stride, but you know, it gets real. Like Baltimore is no joke. Super Bowl contender. The Colts, you can say similar things, or at least they have those aspirations. So um gonna learn a lot about the Bengals um the next couple of weeks because we really haven't seen them necessarily place real, real competition. Now in division real competition. Uh it ain't the Jags next week. Yeah. And they do tend to play well. I mean, remember what a train wreck last year was and they they were in that Baltimore game in the fourth quarter. They they tend to play well in Baltimore, but yeah, I mean that 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 is a real legitimate team, and um, it will it will help if they get Geno Atkins back. But who knows what what obviously what it would do for the confidence if they could go in there and win that game. Um, but if they if they just go in there and, and have another strong performance, I do think that that's something they could build on. And I said it after the tie last week. This today was double overtime. Today was determining how they should feel about the tie and, and to get the win today it almost makes last week's win kind of feel a little bit better last week's tie feel a little bit better again going back to that they've got a two-game unbeaten streak um, a little bit of momentum going to Baltimore so it, it should be a, an interesting game next weekend there is no doubt we of course will have all that for you uh you can read all our game coverage on the athletic right now a reminder still one dollar per month right now you can have all of our coverage not just the Bengals, not just the reds not just cincinnati not just the nfl not just the united states the uk everton perfect now i'm going to update you every week still four four games four wins top of the table up the toffees uh, you can read all about them from our guy, Greg O'Keefe. Everywhere we've got you covered, all under one umbrella for $1 per month right now. Go to theathletic.com slash hear that podcast growl and click click on the link to subscribe there. Um, we love to have you on and, and uh, you know, have have some fun going through the site. Um, and uh, so we'll also have, of course, we'll have hear that podcast growl coming up uh, on Tuesday. We will have a preview. Jeff Zrebeck. Uh, will join us on Thursday to talk a little bit about everything that's going on in Baltimore on the Growler. Bengals Growler bet. Gonna guess we didn't have any winners this week, but we'll double check that for you. But I'm gonna guess we didn't have any winners, judging by Joe Mixon's massive day. Probably threw off a lot of uh, potential um, answers there. But we'll get that to you on the Growler. Thanks, everybody that participated. Love seeing everybody sending in their questions and answers. Uh, All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you uh, next time on The Walkout and hear that podcast growling. Have a good one, everybody.